and welcome. Prepare your heart as we dive into the Word of God. Our desire at Beloved Church in Lena, Illinois, is to lead you into a life-changing encounter with grace and truth. Jesus Christ has a divine destiny perfectly orchestrated for those who are willing to be adventurous enough to receive His favor and blessing into their life. Our prayer is that you will allow the presence of the comforting Spirit of God to radically display the Father's love for you. You are a part of God's beloved family, and that means you are greatly loved. Now over to our guest minister for today. Harry and I are truly privileged and honored to be here with you today. Um, when Pastor Steve said the coolest ones in the room were going to minister, uh, we, kids are we, thought, we thought our are kids were going to come up here and minister, So, because they, uh, they are definitely the upgraded version of us. <laughs> so we're just very blessed that they are here with us, and we're blessed to be here with you, uh, with, uh, with our family, our extended family. I believe that God's going to minister to all of us today. Um, what's awesome about the Word of God, when you come together and you're hungry and your expectations are high, how many people know that God loves exceeding our expectations? Amen. Amen. So I hope you all here are ready to receive the Lord. And the coolest one in this place is going to be ministering. His name is Jesus. Amen. And so <laughs> we're blessed to be here with you. Yeah, I feel like uh, Mike was, our, was here yesterday, so uh, it felt like he was introducing me to part of the family that I hadn't met. So I'm so glad that he got to be here. And for the ladies that were at the women's conference, it was great to see you. I believe that God started some things. And so I'm really, really blessed. For those of you that weren't able to make it, I would encourage you to go back and look on the Facebook page uh, because I believe that you're going to get super, super blessed by things that the Lord is wanting to share. But, um, you know, we, as as Pastor Steve is sharing, um, we we have the tremendous privilege um, of serving Andrew and Jamie and uh, the ministry and have been um, this I think this is the 23rd year of full-time ministry for Andrew and uh, just to see what God is doing we're so excited about and not just not just at the ministry but just what the word is doing and I love 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 um, meeting with people that have been touched by the word Amen. And they start to share testimonies and healings and salvations. And I know at the women's conference yesterday, you know, a young lady came up to me. She said, this is the husband you prayed for me last year. And, you know, there's just, if we let God, if we let God, dot, 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 if we let God, then there is no telling what God can do. And, you know, as we were um, coming down this morning, you know, the first half I slept because it's my anointing. Um, to she sleep. An I'm sleeper. an anointed sleeper. So the first half I slept and the second half, you know, we were just talking and, and, and stuff of the things that we wanted to share this morning. And just, we want to use this time just as an encouragement, but also a challenge because I believe that God's wanting to do more. God's wanting to do more. He's wanting to do more in the world. He's wanting to do more in people's hearts. He's wanting to do more in the church. He's wanting to touch more of the lost. And he definitely wants to live through you and I in a greater way. And so this is really just an opportunity there. We get to help stretch the, the tent stakes this morning that you guys can, alongside of us, lengthen our cords and strengthen our stakes together just to say, Lord, we want to build more capacity in our hearts for what you have for us. So we're just really, really privileged. And um, even though uh, Pastor Steve made us sound like really, really cool people, um, <laughs> We always say, if God can use a farm girl and a prison guard, then he can use anybody. 
Amen. And so <clears throat> this is something we just want to really challenge you that you are sitting here as called chosen, filled with God, kingdom people who have no limits to your capacity, value, worth, or potential. And if we can see ourselves that way, then God will flow out of us that way. But if we always put up barriers and boundaries, then God's saying, I love you even in the midst of your barrier and boundaries, but I want to do more. And so this is our, we want to just share some things that I, I believe is going to challenge us for more this morning. And I um, just want to say, like, sometimes we think about, when we think about more, what we do is we, we look at ourselves and we say, what, are my, what is my capacity? What are my capabilities? What can I actually do? And what does more look like? And one of the things we want to talk with you about today is actually getting your eyes off of yourself, getting your eyes onto your relationship with God, because the more that God wants you to accomplish yeah. is not based on you. It's not, it's not based on your skill set. It's not based upon your abilities. It's actually based upon your relationship with God, the capacity that, that the Spirit of God is on the inside of you. You know, Paul made the comment. He said, he talk, talking about himself, that he said there's, there's nothing good about him. And he said, well, let me correct myself. Uh, the Spirit of God on the inside of me, that, that is my flesh. There's no good thing. But that which is on the inside of me, he understood that that was a good thing. Amen? How many people understand that you have the same Spirit on the inside of you that was inside of Jesus? Galatians chapter 4, verse 6, is that we have the Spirit of the Son of God who cries out, Abba, Father. Romans chapter 8, verses 9 through 11, talks about the aspect that if we don't have the same Spirit on the inside of us that Jesus had, that we don't even belong to Him. How many people in here belong to Jesus? Amen. Amen. That means that you have the same Spirit on the inside of you that was on the inside of Jesus, which is absolutely phenomenal, guys. We should wake up every single morning going, Oh, I am awesome. I mean, not me, but Jesus on the inside of me is awesome, right? I mean, but most of the time we look at ourselves and we look in the mirror, we look at for all the things that are wrong, not for all the things that are right. Well, it's important for us to go back to the mirror of the Word of God and remember all the things that are right, the things that God put in place, the, the, the foundations that the Lord built for us. And in doing that, and what's awesome is that as we do look unto, unto the Lord, as we do look unto Him as our focus, it begins to remove the limitations that we've placed around ourselves. Because we all have put ourselves in a, blocks, in a box saying, I'm too this or I'm too much of that or whatever the things that we look at ourselves that are wrong. God's constantly trying to break us out of those boxes. He's constantly trying to draw us out for more and trying to cast a greater vision for us than even we have for ourselves. That's why it is so important, so important that our number one focus, our number one pursuit is not discovering what the more actually is, is getting our eyes on Jesus, getting our eyes fixed on him, knowing him in the capacity that he wants to be known in our lives, which is a full, complete on capacity and walking out in our lives and pursuing after him. You know, one thing uh, I appreciate, I just want to say before we continue on, a big thank you to Pastor Steve and to Pastor Kay and to all of you for allowing us to be here. You know, for us, it's an honor and it's a privilege because we know that, that being a Christian nowadays, it's the most exciting thing possible that we can do with our lives. It is. It's, it's phenomenal, guys. I look at what the world, the world's going, and I'll tell you something, guys. We have the capacity to change the world like never before. Because yep. you know, be, they're crazy. They, <laughs> it's any true. Impact, any impact 
will make a huge difference. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, but that means that even the, even the little things that we do in Christ Jesus can have a tremendous rippling f- effect all over the world. We can be the light and we can be the salt like never before because the world is so insane. And we get a chance to bring we, uh, the, what it means to be a normal, living, breathing Christian back into this world and introduce them to the King of Kings and to the Lord of Lords. It's absolutely incredible we, the capacity we have to, that we have. But it's so important, again, like I was saying before, that we keep our eyes fixed upon the Lord, that we keep our eyes straightway towards Him, because, again, the world's going to try to distract you and pull your attention away from that relationship with God to try to get you to blend in with the world. And it's so important that we stay fixed and focused. You know, you look at Jesus, and even the way that Jesus spoke to the people around him was amazing. But if you look at the prayers of Jesus, the way that Jesus spoke, it was different, wasn't it? He didn't speak normal. He didn't pray like the Pharisees prayed. As a matter of fact, whenever he, he uh, did anything, people were amazed by the authority that, that he brought forward because he didn't pray like the Pharisees. He prayed like the one with authority. And that's exactly, that's, that came from him knowing his God, taking, his, taking the time, going through the scriptures, understanding what the word was declaring about him because he understood that he was the Messiah. He understood he was, he was growing in that, in that understanding, in that wisdom, but then also getting his eyes off of his own abilities and fixed on the abilities of God on the inside of him. You know, when we look at the dynamic of God wanting to do more within our lives. You know, we want to share that today, but it's also the aspect of now. Now is the time that God wants to do these things. You know, what happens, especially, like Mike said, in the world, the world is trying to get us to blend in, right? Just to, for the acceptance. Well, what's so awesome about relationship with God is that when we know that we're accepted in the beloved, not just the church. <laughs> Okay, when we know that we're accepted in the beloved, well, then what happens? Then we don't care about fitting in. That their opinions of us don't matter, right? That we know we have something higher and bigger and needed more than just blending in. And it's making a conscious decision of, Lord, how am I going to release you out of my life today? How am I truly going to wake up and have a strategic mentality that, Lord, this day belongs to you? And so, Lord, what do you want to do in me so that there's an overflow? You know, what can happen is that in relationship with God, we can get satisfied with the shallow level. We can get satisfied with what we know we can do and still do our own thing. I can live for God over here, and then I can still do all these other things. There has to come to a place, and you see it in the Word of God, that it's ankle deep, and then knee deep, and then it's waist deep, and then we're swimming. And there has to be, and to me, when I look at that, it's a whole other level of trust, surrender, and expectancy. Now, I am a toe dipper. When I swim, I want to keep my toes on the ground. That's just like, that's just, I think that you should keep your toes on the ground. That's just my philosophy. I don't want to get out there deep. I don't want to, I don't really don't want to get, you know, I'm just that kind of person because it's probably because when I was a kid, I almost drowned a couple times. So now I'm like, it's fine. I'll just keep my toes on the ground. So we're in Hawaii seeing my sister. This was years and years ago, probably 12, 11 years ago. 
and she was in Maui, and I was out there, and it was it was it was called Big Beach, and the waves were really big that day. So we're in, and I'm again toe dipping, you know, just that whole like I've just got my toes on the ground. But the way the waves come in, it kind of takes you out, and then it kind of brings you back in. And so <laughs> this big Hawaiian, right? This big Hawaiian guy, he's got all these Hawaiian tattoos. He comes over, and he goes, "Ma'am." are you okay? And I looked at him, I'm like, yes, I'm fine. He goes, I'm a lifeguard that's off duty and um, you don't look like you can swim. And so I'm going to tell you, you should get out of the water or you're going to die. And I was like, I'm fine, you know. And eventually I came in, but I, I, again, not being used to the waves and how they can come in. It was just like taking me and smacking me down on the ground. And I try to hurry up and get out and take me down, smack it down to the ground. And my sister's on the beach talking to my mom go, yeah, I'm watching Carrie die. <laughs> anyway, you know, sometimes we can get nervous about what more could look like because we like the certain level of control we have in our lives right now. And I'm telling you that the things of God are so much bigger that it's getting past, it's getting past our comfort zones and saying, Lord, I trust you to be my strength. I trust you to be my ability. I trust you to take me places that I could never go in my natural strength. And if we can come to that place, then God will take us into things that we could never imagine. And so it's not that God just wants to do more and he wants to take us deeper, but he wants to do it now. And what we'll do is we're like, hallelujah, yes, amen, whoo, hanky-waving, yes, Jesus, do your work in my life, but let's do it later. Like, you know, and then we've got all this, like, list of, like, well, when this gets done different and when I, when I retire, when I get out of debt, when the kids are a little older, when our marriage is better, when our, and we've always got this list of things that when God can do it. But if not now, when? And there has to be this in our relationship with God. There has to be this more and now mentality. Because it's, we come to this place that it's not our life. It's not, it's not our life. And somehow, somehow we think that we can have this great, dynamic, powerful, passionate, surrendered relationship with God and still do what we want when we want to do it, how we want to do it with who we want to do it with. And they can't coincide. And I'll just say that Mike and I are walking through this, even in our own journey of God saying, okay, more, greater surrender, more death, more hope, more trust. Sounds awesome, doesn't it? <laughs> more death. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you know what? I've, I've, looking back at our journey and looking back at our story, every time we allowed God to do more within us, then there was a greater overflow. And I'll tell you right now, it is worth it to see lives change around you if you can allow God to go deeper and to do it now. Amen. It's worth it because it's the people that your life touches that you don't even realize that God's already ordained and planned. And sometimes what we'll do is we'll put ourselves in this little sphere and circle and say, who am I to touch anyone else besides this little circle? I'm telling you right now, because if, if you let God be big within you, all of a sudden the circle goes in a whole other direction that you could never Amen. imagine. And God wants to change our imaginations to see what he could do through us. Amen. Because again, if a farm girl and a prison guard can touch people's lives, I'm telling you guys, God's got more for each of you in this room. Amen. You know, in John chapter 3, I know that, I'm sorry, John chapter 17, I know that this is uh, scriptures that we're all familiar with. It's when Jesus was getting ready to go to the cross, 
And he began to pray to the Father. And in verse number three, he said something absolutely incredible. And it should be one of the foundational principles in our heart because it, this principle right here really should deliver us from any type of fear that the world will throw at us. Because it says this, it says, And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. I love that. Because as soon as you guys, we have eternal life. No matter what happens in this world, no matter how the world persecutes us, no matter what the circumstances that are that come against us, even if it leads to, to, to the end of this life, it doesn't make a difference. We have eternal life. This is just a blip. You know, Pastor Steve, Steve talked about the, the, the things, time's passing so quickly. This time is going to pass quickly. But praise God, we have an eternity to get to know the Lord. We have eternity to walk, to walk in re relationship with Him. Having that understanding and being established that, I, I want to read to you some, uh, another verse in Daniel chapter 11. Because, and this is, this is a verse that, that uh, is, is incredibly powerful because it, it talks about people who know their God. It says this in verse number 32, And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt uh, by flatteries, but the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. I love that verse. Amen. Exploits. What is exploits? I don't know. What is exploits? What are you willing to surrender over to the Lord in your relationship with God that you'll allow God to do through you? What are the things that God's burning in your heart right now that God has already spoken to you? Or those potential things in the future that God wants to speak through you and to you that God wants to release you into this world, that he wants to release his glory through you in this world to bring transformation. Those exploits are only limited by you and I. Because the things that we can accomplish with God, I mean, gosh, you're looking in the Old Covenant. Has anybody ever read Hebrews chapter 11? You know, what do we, we call that? The, the Faith Hall of Fame. There's some pretty amazing things that happened during that time, wasn't there? You know, it talks about people like Moses, people like Abraham, people like Noah, all these different people who, David, all these different people who did absolutely incredible things. Do you know that you have a better covenant than them? Oh my goodness. All these absolutely foundational, incredible things and how they witnessed the world, how they transformed their worlds, how they, they were men and women after God's own heart. People to pursue after the Lord. And Moses was called a friend of God. How much more should we understand God's inner thinking? David was called a man after God's own heart. We have God's heart. We're not after it. We have it. We already have taken possession of it. It belongs to us. That's incredible. And if all these guys in the Faith Hall of Fame, can, we can read about them and all their amazing exploits, what can you and I do? What can we accomplish? It's only limited by us. So when the Lord says and, and declares to you that you're going to change your state, you say, oh, Lord, no, I can't do that. Well, what happened? You just limited yourself. You just put yourself in a box. And the Lord says to you, I'm going to use you to change the nation. I'm going to use you to speak to people who would never hear from an Andrew Womack or from, from a, a Billy Graham. And we say, oh, Lord, how, how can that be? You know, Carrie, um, Carrie was sharing me with the aspect, the, the difference between Zacharias and Mary when the angel appeared to them. And Zacharias was the father of, of John the Baptist. And Mary was obviously the mother of Jesus. And Zacharias, when the angel appeared to him, he's like, how can this be? I mean, let me tell you, it wasn't a question about 
how is this going to happen? It was, a, it was a question of, there's no way in the world this can happen. So God muted him, praise the Lord. And John the Baptist was, was uh, his wife was found to be pregnant, and they brought forth John the Baptist. Mary, on the other hand, very different understanding. She said, Lord, how can this be, seeing I've never known a man? It's not, not saying, I'm not going to do it. It's like, tell me how this is going to be. Tell me how this is going to work out. Share with me. I'm open to it, but, but I want to hear. What is our hearts like? Are we preparing a ground? What's our relationship with God like? Is our expectations there? You know, we all came to church this morning fully expecting that God was going to be here. Amen? Amen. I hope you came expecting miracles. Because the word spoken in faith always brings forth miracles. The word received in faith always brings forth miracles. That's awesome. It's important that our expectation levels are there. It's, it's important that we're growing our, in our relationship with God, expanding our borders, expanding our tents, and reestablishing our mindsets because God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. And then in that same verse, it says, and another version says, he wants to do abundantly above all that we could ask, think, or even imagine. And this is where, honestly, when we're talking about intimacy with God, if we're going to talk about becoming the people that God has called us to be, then we've got to start seeing ourselves the way that God sees us. And it's not only having this great imagination of how God could use us and all the things he wants to do, but it's having this great imagination, having this great perspective of how God actually sees you. Because if you don't know how God sees you, right, you have no idea how you could see him using you. Amen. If you don't know how God sees you, you have no imagination of how, God, how you could see God using you. And so when we talk about intimacy with God, it is about going to another level. Well, Mike and I were talking on the way in. It's like, what does that actually look like to go to another level in our relationship with God? Okay, you're born again. You're spirit-filled. You're involved in a good church. Amen? You, 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 might, you might meet and do different things. You might have mentorship. You do activities together. But what does it mean to go to another relationship with God? Well, that means that every part of our life has to be surrendered. It's not just one, one part. It's my Sunday life. It's my side life. It's every single thing that we have an invitation of God into. Okay, God, I want you to look at the condition of my marriage. Ooh. Yes, our marriage involves intimacy with God. Right? It's going, okay, Lord, here's my family. Lord, here's the finances. This is how I've been handling, stewarding them. This is the plans I have for the finances. Is that, is that your plans or are those just my plans? See, it's really easy to say, God, oh, you be glorified, but I'll hold the reins to everything in my life. To God be the glory, but I will make the decisions. Right? And so when we talk about intimacy with God, even though you may have some areas that you've given to the Lord, it's really this active put it before the Lord with an open heart and says, Lord, is there anything you want to touch? Is there anything you want to change? No. What in this season needs to change? It's yeah. taking the time to actually then do that. So when we talk about intimacy with God, it's not like we're like, come on, Jesus, let's go. <laughs> That's not how intimacy with God works. It's you coming before him and finding and making the priority of the time to actually be with him. And guys, this message, and Mike and I were talking about this a little here, we don't want this to sound like a works message. Be in the word more, spend time more to Jesus, come on. And just sounds like more work, doesn't it? 
Because we understand every single one of you have busy lives. Every single one of you have things that you need to do, supposed to do. There's demands. There's all these different aspects of life around you. Expectations, promises, commitments, all of those things. So when somebody comes in, especially guest minister, and says, get more in the word and spend more time with Jesus, you're like, mm -hmm, that's nice. Go away now. <laughs> right? You don't, you, don't, you don't know my life. You don't know what I have to do. So thank you very much for your words of encouragement that I need to be more Jesus and more with the word. But we're here to say you need to be more Jesus and you need to be more in the Word. <laughs> and we will leave and he'll fix it, okay? And he'll just say they were right. But here's the thing. I know the Lord's calling us to more time with him and more time in the Word. But it's make, how, do, how, do you, how do you spend the time with him to discover what eternal life really looks like for you? If this, he said, this is eternal life that they may know you. And if you've heard with Andrew when we talk about eternal life, and I remember this, what, 23 years ago when I was in Karis in Bible school, I always thought eternal life was, yeah, someday, sweet by and by, we'll get to heaven. Eternal life is right now, the fullness of the heaven, the fullness of God right now, the fullness of peace and joy and miracle and the supernatural. And when you get to heaven, you're like, yeah, yeah, this looks like what I've been living. Amen. Amen. Yeah, yeah, I feel right at home here versus like, oh my gosh. I think we're going to be like that anyway because it's going to be amazing. But it should feel like home because you've already had the kingdom of God living in you every day now. You've invited the kingdom of God in every part of your life now, right? And so when we talk about, okay, Lord, I want to know what this eternal life is, it means that every part of his kingdom is established in every sphere of your life. Let me say that again, that every part of his kingdom is established in every sphere of your life. It's not like this card game, not like Uno. You get those, you get the red, I get the blue, I'll take the green. We might switch here a little bit, right? Like, God, I'll, I'll, I'll handle finances, you deal with my husband, you fix him. <laughs> right? Right? But it's saying, okay, Lord, all the spheres, all, everything, all parts of my life are yours. And then taking the time to actually say, what do you want to work on right now? And you may say, oh, Carrie, there's a list. Great. Let God do the list. Don't you try to do it. Let God do it. And just say, Lord, what do you want to, what do, you want to do right now? What is, this, what is this eternal life? What is this fullness of the Godhead actually supposed to look like in my life more? And I'll tell you, Mike and I were trying to do this dynamic where, you know, with our schedule and our commitments, we keep assessing and reassessing and changing and moving to make sure that our time with the Lord and then the things that he's telling us to do have the priority. It's very easy to hear from God, hear what he's saying to do, and be like, amen. Just let me get these other things done first, and then I'll do that. And so when God speaks to us, the priority has to be the priority. And what happens is that when we do that, then it has an overflow on everything else. And then those other things that maybe are commitments and maybe things you do have to touch or maybe things you do have to do, all of a sudden there's a different grace, a different energy, a different creativity, a different anointing on them because you made the main thing the main thing, and that was our relationship with God. We try to get everything else done in life and then say, when all those things are done, then I'm going to take this really dynamic time to spend with the Lord. 
guess what? You'll never be done with your to-do list. Because I'll tell you right now, the world and people and the devil have all kinds of plans for your to-do list. And so that your time with the Lord and that going another level and taking the time with him always stays at the bottom. And it's time to bring it up and say, Lord, I have to have more of you for this season. And I'm telling you, there are things in your life you have to have this time with the Lord so that you're ready for this next season. Because it's a good season. I'm not saying that it's a bad season or it's a difficult season or, oh my gosh, the world in their craziness is going to affect you. It will, but you'll be ready for it. Amen. And so there's this good season that is coming. Amen. You know, we were talking about relationship with God. It's important that we understand that it's impossible to, to separate your relationship with God from your relationship with the Word. And oftentimes, and you know, again, like Carrie was saying, we're not, we're not trying to, to make you think that you have to spend more time in the Word although more time in the Word is absolutely incredible. But the reality is, is that it's, it's, the Lord wants to become inf- uh, effective in our time in the Word. He wants, when we invest in, in that time, that we, that we pull things out, we, we transform the way we think, we actually step into the Word. And it's no longer our lives that we're basing all of our decisions upon. It's actually the principles in the Word of God. We're being transformed. Our minds are being renewed. We all know the verse very well. Um, the, the word, the Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, And be ye not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind, that we may prove that which is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Guys, do you realize that we get to prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God? That is incredible to me. That's, that's amazing. Think about that. Mm-hmm. The, we, we look at what's happening in this world today. Is this the good, the acceptable, or the perfect will of God? And I'm going to prove it. I'm going to show that this is God's will. That, that comes through the transformation that happens to us in knowing God, in knowing His Word. Do you realize that, you know, oftentimes when we look at the Word, uh, the Lord's really been radically changing the way I'm looking at the Word. And I've been a believer now for 38 years. It's hard to believe. 38 years. I've been a, I've been a, a Christian. I asked Jesus in my heart. Um, and I got, uh, in the next year, very next year, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And... Uh, just now, as I'm spending more time in the Word, He's totally radically changing things. I'm not just seeing the Word as being something separate that I go to to get. I'm understanding that just as I am one with the Spirit of God, I am one with the Word. It belongs, it, it, it's, it, it's on the inside of me. It's who I am. It's, it's, the, it's the nature of what God placed on the inside of me. I mean, John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Verse number 14. You know, it's amazing that we see ourselves one with the Spirit of God, but we see ourselves separate from the Word. So we actually have to go back to the Word and sometimes, sometimes pull out peace. Sometimes pull out courage. Sometimes pull out joy or say, Lord, what kind of decision do I make? Well, then let me, let me go to the Word so I can get wisdom for the decision that I need to make. It's already on the inside of us. It's already there. It already belongs to us, but we don't see ourselves that way. You know, the Word is not just meant meant to be read. It's meant to be experienced. It's meant to be stepped into. And I've seen this in in great men and women of God. 
how the, the way that they think has been so radically transformed because they actually, in their imaginations, they've walked through the entirety of the Word. They were there with God when His Spirit was hovering over the waters when He first created the earth. They were there with God when, with, with Peter and, and when, he, when He took the, the, the hand of the lame man and pulled him up. They were there with Jesus at the foot of the cross when He was being crucified. When I say when they were there, they, they stepped into the story of the Word and they looked around they said, what is happening? What is going on here? They actually engaged themselves in the Word and they're being transformed. Do you know that when that happens, there's an exchange that happens. How many people in here have ever, have ever made a mistake before in your life? It's unanimous. It's all of us. <laughs> if you did not raise your hand, then we'll have a deliverance service afterwards. So, um, no, We've all made mistakes. And what the enemy does, he doesn't remind you of your successes. He reminds you of your failures and your mistakes. And so when you're going through life and you're looking at a crossroads and sometimes you're not quite sure what, to, what decision to make, the enemy will try to remind you of those mistakes that you did before in the past. Who do you think you are? How can you think you can make this decision? Well, we need to pull on the memories of our victories, but not only the memories of our victories, the victories that we experienced in the Word. When we walked with Daniel when he was in the lion's den, when we walked with these great men and women of God when they came to crossroads, when we were side by side with Noah building the ark, when everybody else was ridiculing him, when, when the world was saying all these things that were against the word of God, when, when against these men and women of God, we experienced it too because that had, that's become our past now. That's become our history. And you, you, you make the decisions for your future based upon the, the results that you've had before in your past. You know, Carrie and I, we just, we just uh, went with all of our international directors and we all suffered together with Jesus in Cancun. It was, it was so hard. But yeah. we, we wanted to bring them back to America, but we couldn't. We wanted to show, the, show off the campus, but we couldn't because, uh, because of the vaccination requirements. You know, foreigners cannot come over to the U.S. unless they're vaccinated. And we're not going to require our directors to be vaccinated. That will never happen. And so, um, yeah. Oh, no. Just keep leave going. it at that. So keep on proceeding for us. So, I know Pastor Steve has a lot to say about that. So, <laughs> gotta love pandemics. So, um, so you know, they all came over, and it, it was amazing. We we experienced. So so now, when I think about my directors, I'm not just thinking about them in their offices. I'm actually thinking about all of our time together, the conversations we had, sitting around in a hot tub or in a, in a pool, or sitting on the dinner table, talking. Uh, sharing, sharing testimonies and all these stories, and it, it, it's awesome. So that's what I'm thinking about. And it's the same thing with you and I. When we think about our victories and the things that are in front of us, we can pull from the victories that we, that we read about in the Word of God because they become our victories. We base our future decisions off of our memories of the past. Mm -hmm. I'm not in Cancun right now, but I remember it, and I remember all the things that happened right there, during that time, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm making decisions based upon conversations I had then. Well, it's the same thing. If I replace my, the, the mistakes I've made in my life with the victories that I read about in the Word of God, they become my memories. And I start making decisions based upon my memories. And I'm drawing closer to the Lord. I'm, I'm renewing my mind. I'm being transformed by the renewing of our mind, as my, of my mind as, I'm, as I'm proceeding forward and making these decisions. I'm, being, I'm becoming just like Him. I'm discovering what, are, what, are our, what were the victories of our forefathers. And you think about that. I mean, you think about that. It's awesome to think about all these great and mighty men of God. But what about with Jesus? 
What about when we walk side by side with Jesus? What about when we put ourselves in the, in the, in the feet of the, of the disciples? And we see all the amazing things that he did and all the things that he communicated. Or what about when we, when we become the lame man that Jesus said, Arise, take up your bed and walk. How does that change the way we think? How does that change our intimacy with God? How does that change it when sickness comes against us in the future? And we already know that we've been, we've been delivered from being a paraplegic. Amen? And we already had that victory before in the past. We're being transformed. We're becoming one with the Word of God. We're walking it out. It's, it's, it's literally, the Word of God is literally becoming our past and is dictating our future. And we, we become, just, just like Paul wrote about, we become that epistle that's written by God and read of men. Because we, we are the, the living example of the Word of God. It, our intimacy is, is, is with the Word and our relationship is with, with the Father. And we're growing and we're being transformed. And we're discovering all these incredible things that God has in store for us. We're being set free by the transformation of our mind to have relationship with God just like Jesus had relationship with God. Do you ever think about that? What must have been like in the quiet times when Jesus and God were alone together? What did they talk about? Man, it must have been some awesome conversations, huh? I mean, I bet you Jesus thanked the Heavenly Father repeatedly for chocolate. I guarantee you he did. It's a gift of God to all of us. Where did that come I don't from? Know. I just, I like chocolate. But, that's right, I do like chocolate. No. No, 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 I'm not thinking. <laughs> Sorry, I can't stand beer. Um, but, uh, but that's the thing. It's, it's like, you know, the, the conversations that they had, it must, have been, it must have been spectacular. And we think about how awesome must that have been. And Jesus is like, don't just think about it. Join it. Come into fellowship with the Father. Come into fellowship with the Son. Come into fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Your party, you, we're the fourth part of the triune. Praise God. Because we can have those same conversations. We can have the intimacy with God that Jesus has. As a matter of fact, we're being, we have a written invitation, written with his, the blood of Jesus to come into that relationship. And we can boldly, you know, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, we can boldly come into the throne of grace. And, and, and we can expect that we will absolutely, we will absolutely have, have mercy and then grace to help in time of need. Mercy for the mistakes we made in the past. Grace not to do them anymore. Grace to walk above the circumstances. Grace to be better than we've ever been before. Pulling in from the wisdom of the word that's been deposited in our hearts. The transformation that's happening through our relationship with the Lord. And we grow consistently. And our eyes are fixed on Him. I remember um, I, was, uh, I was coming home from work one day. And uh, uh, my... Uh, my son was doing something. He was playing, playing on something, playing a game or something like that. And uh, as soon as I walked in the door, he literally looked up and saw me, took his tablet, threw it, and ran over and gave me a hug. I was like, man, that just, that just melts my heart. Mike's like, me. Um, yeah. He probably didn't even remember it, um, but it, it was just awesome. And I just thought, man, he just was putting things in motion, but yet when I walked in the door, his priority was me. And we can get so busy doing things, so busy engaged in things, that we forget about the priority being that relationship with the Father. We forget about our priority being connected with Him, being linked in with Him. 
truly getting to know Him. And that's exactly what God's calling us to do. We, we get so busy, and there are important things going on, there's no doubt about it. But as we continue to, to walk this process out, really getting focused on Him, God has the answers. God has the understanding. He has the wisdom. And in Christ Jesus, we have all those things too. It's what God has given us. It's a matter of getting our, our focus and attention fixed upon that relationship with Him. This is why in Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, it says, you know, the fullness of the Godhead bodily lives within Christ. And it says, and we've been made complete in Him. So Mike's talking about this dynamic of this fellowship, right? We're talking about this intimacy with God. It's where the fullness of God lives with inside of us. Now we can choose to ignore it or we can just absolutely participate. So when we talk about experiencing the word, right? It's not, again, not something that we just study for the sake of studying it to try to get the knowledge. We're in the word, right? We're trying to develop this relationship with God so that we can increase our capacity of being able to experience the life of the word. Not just the knowledge of the word, praise God, but it's the life of the word. Amen. So that when we start speaking the word and the promises of the word, and we start ministering the word to other people, there's an anointing and life about it because it's something that we're living. It's not just something that we're learning. Learning is a way we start, but learning is for living, right? Learning is for applying it and, and activating it in our lives. Because I'm telling you, it's when the storms come that that reservoir has to be the thing that rises up, right? It has to be the things that it's not just here, it's here. And it's important that we're preparing our hearts here for everything that's ahead. Because when Jesus said, greater things shall you do, that's awesome. When Mike and I were, uh, when we teach about spirit, soul, and body, we were teaching this one time and we were talking about that you and I are filled with the Spirit of God. The exact same Jesus, right? It's not a Spirit of God. It's the Spirit of God. That alone, man, let's preach on that for a while. The Spirit of God lives inside of you. Jesus himself lives inside of you. You think, well, how is that possible? He's omnipotent, omniscient God, right? He's everywhere all the time, all at once. So the fullness of who he is lives with inside of you. It's not a spirit. It's Jesus. And it's not a baby Jesus. Hallelujah. You do not have a baby Jesus living inside of you. Well, I'm just... And I remember we were actually speaking this in China. We were actually in China. We were ministering to about right. 52 pastors that had come from all these regions of, of China. And we had met in kind of a secret location to minister. And our director of our project there says, okay, you are introducing grace to them for the first time. Wow, that was a privilege, right? And, but we're ministering spirit, soul, and body, that they are filled with the Spirit of God. They're not trying to become the Spirit of God. They're not trying to become more spiritual. Because so many times we'll think, again, when we talk about our purpose or our calling or God using us, we look at ourselves and say, well, I'm just so immature. There's so much I don't know. And we look at other people and we'll compare ourselves to other believers around us and say, well, God can't use me like God can use them because they have more, they're more anointed, they have a greater calling, they know the Lord longer. Well, the way you stop those excuses and the way we stop those lies of the enemy is realizing that the Spirit of God lives within us. So that's a little four-year-old that's received Jesus or an 80-year-old minister the same Jesus, the same fullness of Jesus lives inside of both of them. 
But now it's act, activating and realizing how great that spirit is within us. So it's not a baby Jesus. It's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the Lion of the tribe of Judah that lives inside of us, ready to roar out of our lives, ready to touch every situation, ready to take us deeper because it is the fullness of God. If I was the fullness of God living in me, I'd get frustrated with me. <laughs> Amen. Come on, woman, just ah, stop limiting me. Right? Praise God for his patience and his kindness that the fullness of him, the fullness of kingdom lives within us. He says, I want to make you, I want to be the dwelling place. You're the temple I want to live from. You're the, you're the vessel I want to shine from. Wow. So uh, we, have to, we have to take our excuses and chuck them out the window, you guys. You know what? I'm, I am unable and I am unqualified, but praise God, it's not about you and me. It is about the Spirit of God that lives with inside of us. That's why he said, and greater things shall you do. We're thinking, I don't even do the works of Jesus, and I'm supposed to do greater? Yes, because Jesus lives within you. I will never leave you. I will, I will never forsake you. And so this dynamic aspect of the Spirit of God lives within us. How many times when, when, we, when we're getting ready to step into a situation, right, and there's these things that the Spirit of God is asking us to do, and we start to feel nervous. Have you ever done that? Yes. You start to feel nervous? Well, what if I look like an idiot? And sometimes we don't even know we look like idiots, and we still look like idiots. So now when we actually have to step out, that's what the enemy will say, like, oh, well, how, how are you going to look? How are people going to respond? Yeah. What if it doesn't happen? Yeah. You've, you've never raised the dead before. You, you've never cleansed, you've never, you know, gotten someone out of a wheelchair before, and, and now you're supposed to do it? No, you are not spiritual enough. You need to, like, work up cold, broken something, then cancer, then dead. Okay, I can't raise somebody from the dead because I've not done this stuff before. That's what, that's what the enemy's telling us. That's what our own heart is telling us. I'm not spiritually mature enough to do these things, and we think we have to follow the spiritual checklist for God to use us without realizing that it's the fullness of God inside of us completely. So if we can just surrender, he's, he's ready to do anything, whether you have experience or not. Because the truth is, it's not about you having the experience. You have the Spirit of God living inside of you. So when you come across the dead and the lame and the blind and the broken and you don't know what to do, you know what the Spirit of God is saying inside of you? That's okay. I've already done it. Amen. So in your spirit, listen, guys, this is a radical, this is absolutely transforming. In your spirit, you've already raised the dead. You have already raised the dead, cleansed the lepers, cast out demons. You have already walked on water. Why? Because the, spirit the same spirit, Jesus, who has done all that, lives within you right now. Guys, those are limits that we're supposed to take off. Those are things that we're supposed to say, all right, Lord, why am I telling you no? You're, it's not possible to use someone like me. Let's turn from the things of the flesh and turn towards the things of the spirit. And that's exactly what Mike was talking about with this word. We turn towards this and say, I have lived this. I was there 
Why? Because you have such a reality of who lives inside of you. And so now your perspective is one of a perspective of the history of God and the perspective of what God still wants to do. So then you wake up saying, yes, greater things will he do through me. Because you're allowing the continuation of the Spirit of God to now be activated in your everyday life. That's exciting. That's a, that's a level of saying, Lord, I want to take off the limits from you. And that does mean we have to be in the word. We have to get into this word to get a greater understanding where we're saying, okay, not me, Lord, but you. No longer my excuses, but this word. And that's, that's really the history of the word of God. You look at David. He didn't start off with Goliath, right? right. He started off with, what did he start off with? The lion, then the bear. And he went Maybe on. To, <laughs> he dealt with all of his brothers. I mean, all those different things that he had to grow into. And then he, then he went on to the uncircumcised Philistine. You know, it's the same principle that Jesus taught about the aspect of, you know, and Andrew, Andrew Womack is really big about sharing about this first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn of the ear. It's progression. It's, it's progressive. It's, it's transformation that's happening on the inside of us. But it's, we're, here's the thing, guys. We're never waiting for God. Right. Never waiting for God. God is waiting for us to transform the way we think. God is waiting for us to realize, to come to the revelation. And He's always speaking to us. He's always talking with us. He's always communicating. And He wants a, to see a radical transformation. You know... I'm sure pastors Stephen Kay, as well as pastors Mark and Jennifer, can share this same thing. Being a Karis, you know, we've seen so many people come in one way and be so radically transformed as they go through the Word, and be totally transformed um, on the way out after after one, two, and even three years. This transformation is amazing because bonds are being broken. Have they changed physically? Well, maybe a little bit here, here over three years. We all age. Sometimes we put on weight. Sometimes we take off weight, get a little bit older, whatever those things are. But the radical transformation didn't happen on the outside. It happened on the inside. It happened with revelation. It happened with understanding. We can dictate the ra radical transformation that happens in our lives. As we turn our eyes, understanding who we are, having that relationship with the Father, turn our eyes to that relationship with God and discover all the amazing things that He has in store for us. Because I believe what Carrie said is absolutely right. I believe what the Lord has in store for this church is phenomenal. I believe that we haven't seen anything yet, the transformation that's, that's happening here and the global transformation that God wants to bring out of this local body right here. Because that's the nature of God. That's what He wants to do. And, you know, you talk to your pastor, and your pastor has vision galore. Absolutely. And I know that he's communicating that with, with many of you as well. But, I, but it, that what the Lord has in store for, for this body is even greater than what he realizes right now. Amen? Because that's the nature of God. And that's the value of what we have on the inside of us, the value of the nature of the, of, of the same spirit that lives on the inside of us, that, lives on the, that lived on the inside of Jesus. That's powerful. That should, that should change the way that we see every single situation. To stop looking at things with our physical eyes. I know part of my testimony is, guys, I grew up extremely religious. I was an altar boy. Uh, I, I, uh, uh, and I, and I, brought, I brought religion. I, you know, I went through eight grades of Catholic school. 
And what I took out of that was that if you made a mistake, God was going to smack you on the back of the hand with a ruler as hard as you could and, and snap it over your head. You know, it, it's just, and you know, one of my, one of my teachers was a nun. Um, well, many of my teachers were nuns. And, um, and she actually happened to be my father's second cousin. And so I'd get in trouble at school, I'd get spanked at school, I'd go home, I'd get spanked again. And so that was my, that was my understanding of what, the, of what God was like. And I'll tell you, as I got into the Word and I, as I began to discover the true nature of God and all that, he had, all, that, all that He truly was, and I began to grow in my revelation and that understanding of Him, it set me free to accomplish all that the Lord is doing now. And, and, and that's the same thing with each and every single one of us. God is a master at transforming our lives as we transform our thought processes, as we continue to grow, as this word becomes a reality in our lives, as we establish it as a priority in our lives, God will take us and transform us, but the only thing holding us back is us. That's it. And as much as we've grown, which is awesome and incredible, it's uh, what our encouragement, the whole thing of our encouragement today is just keep your eyes fixed on your relationship with the Lord. Keep your eyes fixed on Him. Allow Him to, to be the one that, that brings the final judgment in the end, and you just keep on pursuing after Him. You keep on growing. You keep on knowing Him. You keep on discovering facets of His love, facets of His Word. Discover the nature that's truly on the inside of you. That's, that's the journey as you walk through and you see these incredible men and women of God and all the incredible things that they did. What, the, what, what did they have that was different from anybody else? Greater skill set? Well, most of the time, no. God didn't choose the best. He typically chose the people who were the worst, the dredges, dredges of society, the lowest castes. I mean, the people who were, who were abandoned by the world. But what made them so impactful? What made them so effective? It's because the transformation that they allowed to happen. It's because they had their eyes fixed upon the Lord and they trusted Him when He said something. They just trusted it. Lord, you, you, you said I can do this. I'm going to do this. You said send, send, all, send all but 300 of my, of my men home. We're going to take on this massive army. No problem. We can do that. Didn't matter what they saw with their physical eyes. What they knew is that the God that they couldn't see was with them. And it's the same thing for you and I. It's, it's a matter of surrendering to a place where, Lord, no matter what my senses tell me, I'm going to be fixed upon you. In Isaiah chapter 43, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 and 19. And this is, this is something that I believe that the Lord is saying connected to what we're talking about with relationship and intimacy with God. This, this new level, like, Lord, there's more and it is now. There's more for us and it is now. And he says this... He says, remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. You know, there's two things here. Remember not the former things. So it's this dynamic of the past, right? It's the dynamic of parameters, experiences, mistakes, even our successes. Remember not the former things. And then it goes on to say this, nor consider the things of old. Now, when I look at the word consider, it is, I, I think of it this way, to consider the things of old, to stop and take counsel, to consider, to stop and take counsel of things of old. And so what we do is so many times, even in our experiences with the Lord, our experiences in marriage, our experience with family, with life, what we'll do is we'll stop and consider the things of old. 
And so here the Lord's stirring up new things in our heart. Here the, the Lord is trying to get us to step out of these boundaries and these excuses and step into new things. And what we'll do is we'll stop and we'll consider the things of old. And this is something that the enemy will do. He'll say, well, I don't know if that could do because you guys have struggled in this way, right? Whether it's marriage or family or finances. Well, now you've never done those things. The last time you tried to do them, it didn't work out very well. So what we do is we consider the things of old to then make a response about the new things. And this is where God is saying, no, don't, don't remember the former things and don't take counsel from your past. Don't take counsel from the things that you did successfully or the things that you failed in. And he goes on to say this. He says, behold, I am doing a new thing. And when you look at the word behold, it means stop, consider, look, ponder, dwell upon, and be quiet and meditate on. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. I'll say right now, I believe that before God can truly do all the new things and the revival in this world, he has to wake up you and I. He can't awaken. This is this great awakening, right? We're talking about this great awakening that God wants to call the lost in. Guys, I'm telling you that before they can come awake, you and I need to wake up. Before we can take them into new things and new, whole, whole different new lifestyles, God's going to need to transform some things in you and I. And I am putting myself right there with you guys. There are things that God is wanting to do in each of us right now so that we stop, consider, look upon, dwell upon, meditate on some new things he's wanting to do. And I believe that the Lord's already been showing some of you. He's already kind of been stirring up and you've kind of been like, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, soon, great, when I have time, when I get these other things done, oh, these other people, but God is speaking to you. There are some new things. Behold, stop and consider. Look on some new things that I'm wanting to do. He says, now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? And I think this is, this is where we stop and go, Lord, is there something I'm not seeing? Lord, is there something that I'm not considering? Lord, is there something I'm not hearing? And this is where, again, intimacy with God, he's the only one that has the answers to these questions. I'm not going to answer them for you. Pastor's not going to answer them for you. This is where your relationship with God has a personal answer. This is where your relationship with the Lord, he is wanting to expand your capacity to surrender to him. You know what I love? I can say, Lord, I'm willing. Make me willing. <laughs> right? Yeah. Hallelujah. Guys, I am willing, but Lord, make me willing. Lord, I, I believe that you are able, but oh, help me, help me be able. Right? Lord, I want to let go. Help me let go. This is, guys, this is where that real intimacy with God comes in, that you can be available to him, and yet you're just saying, I've got a lot of issues. Could you help me with my issues? Amen? And then he goes on to say this, I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. See, so many times the, in considering the things of old, we've got all these question marks of how is it going to happen. So between considering the things of old and the things of things that are new, we make this to-do list that says, God, it's impossible for you to do it. So yeah, I mean, that sounds great. But based off of this, all of these things can't happen. And he goes, and he just answers this. He says, 
I will make a way in the wilderness. Your little wilderness list you made, your little desert list you made of how impossible it is, and it's going to be, we can't do it this way, and it's because of this. He says, your little lists of wilderness and desert, he said, I'm going to make a way, and I'm going to create a river. I'm going to create the provision. I'm going to create the life. Would you let me do these things? I feel like this is something that just kind of praying about it. Mike, Mike thinks I was sleeping the whole time, but I was sleeping and praying and sleeping and praying on the way down. And I just, I feel like God is wanting to do a new thing, but not just in the church. He's wanting to do a new thing in you. And you're the only one who can let something new happen. You're the only one. No one else, no one else makes it happen. That's the privilege that's the privilege and honor of a personal relationship with the living God. It's not controlled by anyone else. You can have as much of God as you want. In Philippians chapter 3, in verse 14 through 20, those whole verses right there talk about the love of God. I pray that you, you know, would, would grow in the love of God and become rooted and established and grounded in the love of God. And it talks about this love of God. He said, I pray that you would know the wits, the depths, the heights, and the breadth of God's love. I'm big on teaching about God's love. But while we were talking this morning, I said something. I've just been thinking about it all this morning. If God's love is so big, so great, the width, the depth, the height of God's love, and we look at that and go, oh, yeah, God, I want it. He says, then I need you to make space for the greatness of my love. And when I say make space, it means all the other things we put as priorities and we furnished some things in our life and things in our brain and things in our future and all of our possibilities. We furnished it with all of our own things. And God says, could you make room? Could you get some of those things out? Because the greatness of my love wants to increase. And I believe there's so much, the breadth and the length and the height of God's love is so big and who he is is so great. It's time that you and I truly let him do a new work. Amen. That we let him stretch our expectancies. We let this transformation, as Mike was talking about, this transformation of our mind and our heart. And guys, sometimes you'll have to make some radical decisions of what you cut off. Oh my goodness, God's doing that in my life right now. These things I need to cut. You know what pastor said about there's things we're in charge of we didn't know we were in charge of? <laughs> Yeah, it's time to cut, okay? So we're trying to move some things around and keep rearranging so that the main thing stays the main thing. Right? God spoke to me the other day. He said, I'm calling you into a new mission field. You know what? I knew exactly what that meant. And it has a lot, a ton of work and a ton of change on it. And I'm the only one who can enter it. Mm -hmm. Nobody else. It's not Mike's responsibility. Like, hey, Mike, God told me this. Make it happen. <laughs> right? My planner, <laughs> the glorious planner in him, make it happen. No, that's not. That's my personal responsibility to answer that call of God on my life for this new season. And you are in a new season. You are in seasons right now. And Mike and I shared, talked about this on the way down, and I really felt this was a word for you. You are in seasons. Some of you are exactly in the season that you're supposed to be in. There's seasons that he's saying, I really want to use this season to change, transform, 
uh, bring depth, bring life, just expand, touch, heal some new things. And then there's others of you that you want to stay in an old season, and God's saying it's time for a new season, and you're like, you're not wanting to move out of the season. You're not wanting to move into some new things. And God's saying, it's time to move into yeah. some new seasons. There's things I'm calling you to, and I need you to let go of past seasons, even though past seasons, now this is powerful, past seasons, there was many things of your past seasons that were from God. But God, you told me to do, yes, and he taught you, and you learned, and now he's saying, let it go, because I have something new for you. And you're trying to hold on to past seasons. There are some new seasons that God is taking many of you into. And others of you are like, well, I'm not sensing anything new. Well, then get good and get great and get in-depth with what he's wanting to do within you right now. And I don't know who you are and which individuals. It's amazing. Actually, I do know some of the individuals. I'm not going to call you out. You know, God shows us so much. We're on the stage. We're looking at your faces, and you're like, oh, I know where they are, and I know where they are, and I know what they're dealing with. We won't do that to you. But I can tell you, there's new seasons that God's trying to take you into and you've been resisting. And you're not going to touch the lives that God has for you if you keep resisting. Because he's wanting, he truly wants to show you another depth of his love and another width and breadth and height of who he is if you allow him. Amen. 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 Just want to say one thing. you know, this sounds, it can sound like a lot of work, as we had mentioned earlier. It can sound like we have to do all these different things, and the reality is what this is is truly entering into the rest that he has planned for us. It's entering into that place, that position, where we truly do surrender to the Lord, and we allow him to take the reins of our life. In Hebrews chapter 4, I'm going to read this out of the Amplified Classic. Um, I love this verse. It says, therefore, now the writer of Hebrews just started, just was talking about the children of Israel coming out of Egypt and how their carcasses fell in the wilderness because they did not, because they would not heed to the entering into the rest that God had called for them, into the entering into the promised land. And this is what verse number four, one, or chapter four, verse number one says. Therefore, while the promise of entering into His rest still holds and is offered today, let us be afraid to disrupt it, lest any of you should think he has come too late and has come too short of reaching it. Here's the thing. God has done it all. God has prepared a place. God, God is saying, come in, abide with me. I have prepared this place for you where you can just enter in. Just, just come and sup with me. Come and have a relationship with me. I'm going to show you great and mighty things. I'm going to show you things that I've never shown anybody else because they're unique to your calling. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to guide you. And it's so important that we enter into that rest. We say, Lord, I'm going to surrender from my own works, from my own abilities, from my own skill sets. And I'm going to pursue after you and allow you to lead me, you to guide me. And that our relationship is going to be the, the loudest voice. Your voice is going to be the loudest voice that speaks to me through our relationship. That's when we start becoming effective. That's when we start becoming impactful. That's when we start seeing lives radically, completely transformed from the example that God wants to, to, to work through us. That's the glory that, that the Lord has hidden on the inside of us, the, 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 the Spirit of God. And, that, and, and God's plans for the future of each, each one of us individually as well as a body is based upon His glory and His plans and His desires, His skill sets and His abilities. So we just want to take this time and we want to encourage you that God loves you. 
He has an amazing plan for your life. That when we submit and when we surrender to him, it's, it's sometimes the hardest thing we can do is quiet ourselves and allow him to take the lead. But, off, but if, you know, if we look in our lives, I guarantee you there's different areas in our lives where we have completely surrendered to the Lord, that we have moderately surrendered to the Lord, and that we won't even allow the Lord to touch. Amen? I want to encourage you. Do not segregate. Don't separate. Don't put in boxes of your life. Give it all to the Lord. Lay it all down. What God can do with it is absolutely phenomenal. It's incredible. The things that God can do when we just lay our lives down and surrender, it's, it's amazing. The heights that he'll take us to, the people that he'll put us before. You know, we, we talked yesterday about being kings and priests, that we're all kings and priests. Well, you know something where kings go? Kings go before kings, and they don't bow. There's only one that we bow to. That's the king of kings. Amen. And so in doing that, when we, when we enter into this rest, when we lay down our lives, when we surrender, I'll tell you, it opens up doors that God will, will walk with us through and we'll see transformation happen on a level that we never even dreamed was possible. So our encouragement for you today is that your relationship with God, there's more. Because he's so big and he's so good and he's so loving and his word is so rich. And there are treasures that he has prepared for you. We talk about it's the honor of kings to search out this treasure. You are, like Mike said, you're kings and priests, but there's this treasure that he says, listen, I provided it for you. You search it out. Seek me and you will find me. Yeah, but what's the rest of the verse? Proverbs 25 says this. Hold on, let me finish my verse. It says, if you seek me, you will find me when what? See, so many times we want to seek him and find him, but we want to do it half-heartedly. And we want to do it in our own time. And we want to do it in our own way. But I'm telling you, with all of our hearts, what does all of your heart look like today? I don't know your life. You do. And there is something I know God is saying to you. And you can ask him, Lord, what's the first step? What's one thing that you and I can do that looks like all of my heart? Go to your scripture. What, what, what Carrie was just saying there, Proverbs 25, I think, believe it's verse 3. It says, It's the glory of God to conceal a matter and the honor of kings to search it out. Well, if we truly are kings, we have the honor of discovering all that the Lord has placed on the inside of us. We get to search it out and discover the, de the depths that are in our God. I, I don't even know what that looks like. You know, the Bible says, Deep calleth unto deep. I don't, how could you even measure God in deep? God is infinite. And yet when you talk about depth of the Lord, I mean, we can search out the deep things, the meanings of God. Guys, you know, we think that we have a revelation of who God is. God's like, guys, there's more of me than you have time to discover in this lifetime. Amen. And so let's, let's truly invest our time where we're going to be the most impactful and the most effective. And that's in knowing our God. And then in doing that, we will naturally make him known. Maybe you've heard me say this before, but... Just in closing, you know, I, the Lord told me one time, he says, Carrie, what do I want to say to you when you come to heaven? When you see me face to face and you literally are standing before me, what do you think I want to say to you? And I was like, good job, you made it. No. Uh, and he just kind of was quiet, like, come on, I'm serious. And I was like, uh, I don't know, Lord, I, 
good and well done, my faithful servant, in her interior rest. And he didn't answer, so I knew that wasn't what he was looking for. And I was like, I don't know, Lord, that you'll look at me and say that you love me. And he was quiet. And I'm trying to think of these things like, what, what would God say to me? Like, when I finally see him face to face, what does he want to say to me? And I was like, Lord, I don't know. What do you want to say to me? And he said, I want to look at you and say, you know me. You didn't wait until heaven. You didn't wait until you died. You didn't wait until eternal life. But I want to look at you and say, you know me. Every day you lived with me on earth. You activated, we talked, we fellowship. You experienced me on earth. Guys, that's what God is calling us to. So when we see him, he's like, you know me. And you're like, I know you. Guys, let's not wait for that day. There's a new thing that God's wanting to do. There's new things that he's calling each of us to. And I believe that not only will it bless others, you're going to have truly more. The more you've been looking for that extra that you've been missing, that you've been irritated, something's missing in your life, I'll tell you it's in your relationship with God that you find it. So can we close in prayer? And guys, one of the things we want to do just as we close is that, again, what makes a personal relationship with God so powerful is that it's personal. That means that he has the next step. Ministers, brothers and sisters around us, they can encourage us, they can challenge us, they can be an example to us, but we're the only ones who decide to do anything with it. And so I'm going to encourage you that Sunday morning service shouldn't just stop at 12. It's supposed to, I would like to encourage you and challenge you to take some time, if it's just a walk or, hey, you know, I'm going to go into another room for a few minutes or, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to go to bed early tonight so I can get up half hour early tomorrow. Praise the Lord. Monday, you can do it half hour early. Come on. And just say, Lord, because I believe there's something you're wanting to show me, either a change I need to make, you know, how I would need to reprioritize some things, some things you want me to study. Guys, you don't know unless you ask him. And I guarantee that if you seek him, he's going to tell you what it is. We had a, a, a lady, her name was Terry Savelle Foy. She's a minister. I remember she was talking about getting to know the Lord and, you know, purposes and goals and priorities and all this stuff and, you know, her messages. And I remember she was sitting there and Mike and I were listening and she said, okay, you need to get up 30 minutes early. She said, get up 30 minutes early. She said, if there's things God's put on your heart and you keep saying, Lord, I don't have time, Lord, I don't have time, Lord, I don't have time. He said, just, she said, just get up earlier. And here I was sitting thinking, Woman, I get up at 4.30 already. And I was sitting there thinking, I don't, man, 4.30, like, that's, that's still early. Like, that's 4. And all of a sudden, you know, 4 just sounds demonic somehow. <laughs> and, um, and so I'm thinking, like, oh. And I remember she said this. She said, no, 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 no. If you are sitting there thinking as I'm saying this, like, 30 minutes. Don't you know what 30 minutes looks like? Don't you know? And she goes, listen, if you can't give it 30 minutes, she says, you're either, you either don't have a vision or you're pretending to have one. And it challenged me because I was like, man, I know that God's put more. I know that there's more he wants to give me. <laughs> so the next week, Mike and I, I were up at 4 o'clock to make sure. And again, we're not saying you have to get up at 4. 
I'm just saying, you need to figure out what needs to change so you can say, Lord, I do want more, and I do want to make room for these new things, and I don't want to consider and get counsel and advice and direction from the things of old. Amen. Can we stand together? Thank you so much for sharing this time with us as we have encountered Jesus Christ through the ministry of His life-changing Word. If you would like to learn more about Steve Castle Ministries and Beloved Church, you can go online to stevecastle.com or belovedchurchillinois.com. You can also contact us at 815-990-0367. Always remember that you are a part of the Beloved Family of God, and Beloved Church is the place where you are greatly loved. Now please open your heart to receive as Pastor Steve proclaims the blessing of the Father over your life. I pray, I declare that above all things that you allow the finished work of the cross to bring prosperity into your finances and also divine health prospering your body and all of these things are going to affect you in a supernatural way as you allow your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions and your personality to be perfected in prosperity that the Father desires for you to have. We love you and we cannot wait to see and be with you again soon. Goodbye, beloved.